Everything that God does on the earth today, He does it by His Word and His Spirit. In the Pastor William Evans podcast, your host, Pastor William Evans, takes you through the importance of the Word of God in your everyday life. Whether you're experiencing the lowest valley or the highest mountain, the Word of God is essential. As we depend on it and read it daily, we form an unbreakable bond with God. We understand His will, what He wants us to do, and our purpose in life. Without further delay, here's another uplifting episode of the Pastor William Evans Podcast. Would you bow your heads, brother? Our blessed Heavenly Father, we come to you today, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Ask for forgiveness of our sins, Lord, and to cleanse us, Father God, of all unrighteousness. To help us, Father God, to come in to give what you deserve, Father God, our best. Knowing, Father God, that you're the source of everything that we need, Lord. We thank you, Father God, this morning for health and strength. Thank you, Father God, for life, Father God. Thank you, Father God, for giving us a heart to want to want to serve you, Father God. And Father God, give us um, an ear to hear and a heart to understand your word today. These prayers are in Jesus' name. And Father, I thank you for it. Amen? Amen. And amen. Welcome, everyone. I am grateful to God for this opportunity to express the heart of God through this lesson. We know that all of us have a choice to be anywhere, but we chose to be here. Let us pause a moment to give thanks to God for being here, to the Lord Jesus Christ for freeing us to make this choice, and the Holy Spirit for empowering us to move forward in this endeavor. You know, there's much strength in people coming together for a common purpose. It is my sincere hope to continue to be an open-minded individual, and I hope you would also be open-minded as we embark upon this series of seven principles of prayer. Through this series, we have thus far to learn the importance of solitude, the importance of being open and honest in confession, whether it is in our faults or in our faith. We have also learned the importance of how we must petition or ask for something, whether it is in the secular or spiritual. Now, we move to the fourth principle of adoration, which is the simple act of showing you adore someone or something. In this lesson, we will learn how to express our devoted love and reverence to our Creator with the hope of building on a firm foundation of a productive prayer life. This is the dual principle where we express what is inside of us outwardly through worship. In the Bible, adoration is required of all who profess to know God. However, before we do so, I would like to introduce another term, idolatry which is the worship of idols or excessive devotion to or reverence for some person or thing. Now, I want to look at this term because it's important that we realize the significance of this term. Because in our lives, we know that there are so many things that are grabbing and reaching and struggling for our attention, struggling and grabbing and reaching for our affection. Amen. Amen. We know that in order to be real with God, we have to be honest with it. 
we have to come to God with pure hearts. But if we are honest with ourselves, we know that there are things that we hold near and dear to us. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with you loving things and, and loving the things you have. As long as those things are not put before God. Amen. Amen. We know that people worship people. They worship places, things. Now we know that there are different forms of idolatry. People worship nature. They worship the sun, the moon, star, heroes. They, they worship ancestors that have passed away. They even worship idols. I'm sorry, statues, which are used as idols. Amen. Amen. But what is an idol? An idol is whatever you love or devoted to that is taking the place of the only true God. That's when you know you're in a dollar. Amen. You see, when, when something becomes more important than God, then you know you're acting outside of the will of God. But in Exodus chapter 20, verse 3, God gives specific instructions. When he says, you shall have no other gods before me. Amen. Mm -hmm. Therefore, understanding adoration in prayer is vital. But we must learn how to operate adoration in prayer from its duality. Amen. Amen. We have to understand that adoration is defined as devoted love. But what type of love fuels adoration? As you look back to adoration, we will explore devoted love. We will use the different Greek meanings of love for this exhibition. We began with Storge. This is the familiar love, family love. This is the love that family members have for one another. And then there is Ludius. This is the playful love. This is the love that is playful in nature rather than serious. It does not have a romantic element, but it is not serious in nature. This kind of love is more like a flirtation or a crush. Then there is Philea. The love of a close friend. This is the type of love associated with a strong friendship. Amen. Amen. Then there is Felucia. This is the love of yourself. This is the love that a person has for themselves. This leads people to take care of themselves. Take pride in what they do and have self-esteem. Amen. Then there is a rotus. This is a romantic love. This is the feeling of being in love with another person. And then we have eros. This is a passionate love. This is a love that includes deep physical attraction for another person. But it's combined with lust 
and desire. Amen. Then we have many. This is the excessive love. This type of love begins with strong feelings of, of eros that take a dark or destructive path. People who experience this type of love can exhibit extreme jealousy, become obsessively codependent, start stalking, become desperate to keep the relationship going. Amen. Yeah. Then we have pragma. This is an enduring commitment. This referred to committed long-term romantic relationships. This is the kind of love experienced by partners who are in a strong relationship that will stand the test of time. The partners are in love and will work through problems with an eye toward a shared future together. Lovers who share pragma or patience with one another. Show kindness and are willing to compromise. And finally, there is agape love. This is the universal love. This doesn't refer to love for a particular individual or group, but a love for humanity. It involves compassion and empathy. In Christianity, the word agape is used to describe the unconditional love of God toward believers, as well as the love believers have for God. Amen. We as human beings experience all these types of love because they are conditional. But what is elusive to all of us outside of God and the Lord Jesus Christ is that of God being love. That love that's unconditional. Amen? Amen. I say that because God has told us through his word that we as his children should love unconditionally. We have evidence of this in Luke 10, 25 through 28. There you will find these words. Now a lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, teaching. What must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read? He answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. He said to him, You have answered correctly. Now I want you all to see this now. He said, do this, and you will live. You understand what needs to be done, but can you do it? Can you love your neighbor as yourself? Amen. However, what is left out is what we as human beings can't do. We can't do this alone. You see, we can't love unconditionally. We can't do it alone. What I love about God is that God has made a way for us to love unconditionally. This is confirmed in Romans 5, 1 through 5. There you will find these words. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, 
We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have access by faith into the grace in which we stand. And so we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also boast in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces patience, and patience produces character, and character produces hope. And the hope does not disappoint because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. What is he saying? He's saying we're going to go through things in life. We're going to meet people that seem as though they are unlovable. We're going to run across situations where we're going to be mistreated. But instead of us getting mad and going out and hating and, and, and looking down and ridiculing, the Spirit of God that has been entrusted to us will cause us to love these people unconditionally to see their, look beyond their faults and see their needs. You see, we as human beings can't do that alone. We need God to be manifested in our lives to, to, to do this. Amen. Amen. Now we explore reverence in adoration which is a feeling of profound awe and respect and often love. We need reverence in adoration because it is having humility toward God and recognizing as well as expressing his awe and greatness. I want you to understand something. There's nothing we can ever do in our lives that will be good enough that we can come to God any kind of way because God is a holy and just God. And we are people that are not holy. And we're not just. We'll never be perfect. But he's always perfect. Amen. Amen. And so we must come to him in humility. Let him know that it is he that we need. And not that he needs us. Adoration is intense. Admiration culminating in reverence and worship. Now, I want you to understand this is a outward act in our attitude that has to be accompanied by reverence. It includes both the subject sentiments or feelings of the soul in the presence of some superior object or person. I want you to understand something. When you began to operate in adoration, when you come to prayer, you find out that this is not about confession anymore. This is not about petition anymore. This is about understanding that all the things that I've been through, all the things that I go through, that God has been there for me. And he never failed me. He showed me that no matter how far I fell to the ground, he was able to lift me up. No matter how my heart was broke, he was able to mend it. Amen. Uh, it doesn't matter what happened in my life, if, if I lost someone, if, if, if I lost some something or whatever it was, it didn't matter because I still had him. And I love and appreciate him for that. I don't know about nobody else, but I'm happy this morning. I'm happy this morning because I knew the God I served. I know it was him that woke me up this morning. It wasn't no alarm clock. Because there were those this morning had an alarm clock but didn't hear it. Because it went on to be with the Lord. I don't know about nobody else, but I feel pretty good in my body this morning. 
I was able to get up and use the activity of my limbs. But there's somebody out there this morning that's sitting in a wheelchair. Somebody out there this morning laying in a hospital bed. Somebody out there is laying down on the side of the road trying to figure out if somebody going to pass by and give them a hand up. But I thank God for Jesus. I'm happy this morning because I know the God I serve. I know that no matter what I go through in life, that God got me. You see, I may not agree with everything. Sometimes you don't want to go through nothing. Sometimes you feel like that God is being unfair. But you heard what the writer said. He said, we glory in tribulation. We don't complain in it. We take glory out of it. Why? Because I'm going through it for a reason. I'm going through it for God to make me the best child of God he ordained me to be. I'm going through it because God is trying to make me the, the best father he ordained me to be, the, the best mother he ordained me to be, the best child that he ordained me to be, the best human being that he ordained me to be. That's why I'm going through it. And so this morning I say thank you. I say thank you, Lord, because you're worthy. Amen? Amen. When we come in adoration, the our posture of reverence. And what I mean by that, when you come before God, there are times you either come in the form of prostration. When you come in the form of prostration, this is where you fall and upon your knees. Then gradually incline your body until your forehead touches the ground. But what you're doing is you're expressing and showing reverence and humility before God. You're telling God that I know who you are. And I respect you, reverence you on that level. Amen. Amen. In Genesis chapter 17, verses 1 through 3, we see an example of this. There you will find these words. But Abraham was 99 years old. The Lord appeared to him and said, I am Almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. And I will make my covenant between you and me and will exceedingly multiply you. Third verse says, Abraham, while well, Abram fell on his face and God said to him, Amen. Amen. He fell well on his face. Amen. Amen. This is not exclusive to the only true God. I want you to understand that the world wants you to bow down or fall on your face to them also. This is evident in Daniel chapter 3 verses 1 through 5. Daniel chapter 3 verses 1 through 5. There you will find these words. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold whose height was 60 cubits and its breadth 6 cubits. He set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then King Nebuchadnezzar sent to gather the satraps and the perfects and the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the justices, the magistrates, and all of the officials of the province to come to the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Y'all see that? Trying to lower you into idolatry. Amen. Mm -hmm. 
I want you to hear this. Then the satrap and the perfects and the governors and councils and the treasurers and justices and magistrates and all the officials of the province gathered for the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And the herald proclaimed aloud, you are commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that when you hear the horn, the pipe, the lure, the, the trigon, the harp, the bagpipe, and every kind of music, you are to fall and worship the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Guess who I'm going with this? They were asking for adoration, devoted love, for image. I don't know about you, but we see this still going on today. People are still bowing down to images. Images like of eagles, or, or either of dogs, or, of cats, of cows, monkeys, people. Amen. But God calls this idolatry. I'm telling you this morning. When you go before God in adoration, you only lay prostrate before him. You only come to God as one in humility. Amen. The next thing that happens when you come to God in adoration, you come down and you kneel. This is a substitution for prostration. We see this in 1 Kings chapter 8. Verse 54. 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 54. There you will find these words. Now, as Solomon finished offering all this prayer and plea to the Lord, he arose from the altar of the Lord where he had knelt with his hands stretched outstretched toward heaven. He had kneeled down to God with his hands stretched out toward heaven. Showing God through his action where his heart was. Lord, I come to you, not anybody else or anything else. But I come to you. Amen. Amen. Also in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 13 through 16. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 13 through 16. There you will find these words. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. Prayer for spiritual strength. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, for whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. The Apostle Paul is talking to the church at Ephesus and he's telling them, don't be discouraged by what you, what you see me going through. Because what I'm going through is here as an example to show you that I'm going to come through it. But whatever you go through, you can come through it too. But get away from your pride. Get away from your arrogance. Kneel before your God and allow him to know that he is God. And besides him, there is no other. To let him know that God, I thank you for the job you give me. But the job is not my source, you are. Thank you for the house that I live in. 
But Lord, I thank you because you're the one that gave me the house. Lord, thank you for the transportation you give me. Thank you for my help. All the things that you have, you possess. Thank God for it because he's the source of it. And don't ever get caught up in worshiping those things. Worship the source of those things. Amen. The next thing is standing. Now we know that standing was most used with posture in prayer. Like that of the, the modern Jew in public worship. But I want to look at Abraham in, that, in Genesis chapter 18 verses 22 to 24. Abraham was camped out and the four men came to Abraham and the Lord was amongst them. And they were going down to Sodom to destroy the city. The city was filled with homosexuality. And God came to destroy the city because the people wouldn't repent. So Abraham was servant of the Lord and the three men went and one man stood by the Lord stayed with Abraham. And he told Abraham what he was about to do. And the Bible says that Abraham stood before the before God. And he asked God and said, Lord, will you destroy the city even and have righteous people in the city? Abraham started putting the number on it. He said, there's a hundred. If there are fifty, he did all that. And because he discovered that nobody in that city except his nephew Lot was worthy. God destroyed the city of Sodom for that reason. What I want to emphasize that Abraham stood before God. Then again in Matthew chapter 6 verse 5 Matthew chapter 6 verse 5 here Jesus says and when you pray you must not be like the hypocrites for they love to stand and pray in the synagogue and at the street corner that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you they have received their reward. The high reverence in our wisdom should be directed to God himself. His kingly attributes and spiritual excellencies. We must come to understand that it's not us that deserve the praise. It's not us that needs to be worshipped. It's him that needs to be worshipped. I want you to look at some Revelations chapter 4 verses 11. Here you will find these words. Worthy are you, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. God created everything. I don't care what you have. I don't care what you see. God is the source of it. Amen. So I want you to understand something this morning. When you draw closer to God through prayer, most of your prayer time will become devoted to adoring him. Adoration. It's a sign of devotion to worship. So what is worship in adoration? We move to explore worship in adoration. This is not about an emotion. It is more about a recognition of God. Worship is an act of devoted, of, I'm sorry, of a devotion directly toward God. We have examples of worship in adoration. Where God is the center of attention. Psalms 95. 
Verse 6. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Then that's First Chronicles 16, 23 through 31. There you will find these words. Saying to the Lord, all the earth tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And he is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the people are worthless idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his place. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the people. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord glory through his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Yes, the world is established. It should never be moved. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. And let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Amen. That's what our prayers should be about in adoration. Not about what we want, not about what we did, but about how we come to appreciate you for being who you are. Amen. First Kings chapter 8, verse 22 through 23. I want you to hear this real good. Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord. In the presence of all the assembly of Israel and spread out his hands toward him. And this is what he said. O Lord God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven above or earth beneath. Keeping and showing, keeping covenant and showing steadfast love to your servants who walk before you with all their heart. In other words, God has no problem of being faithful. God has no problem with taking care of you, making sure that he'll meet your every need. The problem lies in you and how you approach God. Amen. Amen. Then we go to St. John chapter 4, verses 22-24. Here Jesus stopped by a well as the disciples kept going forward. And this woman came to the well to draw water. And the woman was talking to Jesus. And she made a statement. She said, our fathers worship in this mountain. But you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, won't believe me, the hour is coming. When neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know for salvation is from the Jews. But I want you all to hear this part right here. Get it in your mind and your heart. But the hour is coming and it's now here. Not next week. Not next month. I'm talking about it's here right now. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such to worship him. Because God is a spirit. And those that worship him must worship him in spirit as well as in truth. 
As we close, I would like to emphasize the importance of adoration. When you enter prayer, we're not asking for anything. We are adoring our Creator for experiencing His love, His goodness, His mercy, His majesty, His care for us. And just because He is, when we embrace adoration, our proud lives will become God-centered and guided by agape love. I'm talking about that unconditional love. Where we worship the creator not because of material things. But we understand that he is the source of all that we are. All that we possess and all that we will ever be. Then we will truly understand how to worship him in spirit. As well as in truth. Until next time. May God continue to bless you with your body and hands please. Our Father in heaven, we thank you. We appreciate you, Father God, for your word. We thank you, Father God, for your grace and your mercy, and most of all, your love. Thank you for sending for Jesus, Lord, to give us this opportunity to be able to come to you, Father God, in devoted love and adoration, Lord. These prayers are in Jesus' name. Now, may the grace of God, the sweet community of this Holy Spirit, let it rest, rule, and abide in us henceforth and forever. Let every child of God sing cry by saying, Amen. You just listened to another episode of the Pastor William Evans Podcast. Pastor William Evans Podcast was recorded live in the studio with final editing before uploading. Subscribe today to the Pastor William Evans Podcast or visit tcuic.org for more godly inspired content. Don't miss the next episode and God bless.